when you're growing a team, you got to give up some of those Legos, those those things that you do. And, and this, I think, this is one of the the hardest things as a, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, if if you are in it because you love the doing of it. That's not everybody, but some of us. That's what we're in it for. We love the doing, and uh, it's the hardest thing then to take something that you love doing and go. You know what? I I want I want you to love doing this thing. Today on Afternoon Tea, I am super excited to have the amazing Carl Schmidt uh, from Unbounce join us. Uh, Carl, just uh, let me set this up, if you please. Carl Schmidt is a co-founder of Unbounce, a drag-and-drop builder that lets you create and publish your own landing pages without the need for coding. Unbounce has helped over 15,000 brands create eye-catching landing pages, leading to an increase in conversion. Carl is a passionate technologist, having spent over 30 years in various hands-on and leadership roles within the software development, consulting, and networking fields. In the time, he has learned that most technology problems are actually people problems. Interesting. HR is more like marketing than you'd expect. And fire, bees, and yaks are de rigor when you're working with leading edge technology. I love that. When he's not hitchhiking his way across the technology multiverse, you might find him paddling on a lake, hammering a piano, or perhaps even spending some quality time amongst power tools. Carl, thank you for being on the uh, the, the show today. Chris, thank you so much. I'm, uh, I'm so excited to be here. We're going to have some fun. Well, we, I'm already having fun. You got me to say fire, bees, and yaks. And then try to but isn't that every day for you? Like fire, bees, and yaks. It's just, that's pretty much, you know, all we deal with all day long. It's more of a family thing than a, than, than a, than a company thing. But yeah, I, I, I dig that. I dig that. Well, you know, I just want to start off by saying, by saying thank you. You know, um, so over, you know, the last couple of years, say five years or so, um, I've been in your universe in the sense of I've heard you speak at conferences. I've, you know, really enjoyed, you know, hearing some some really, really interesting stuff. And you've definitely taken a real leadership role uh, within the community, um, which, which I think is fantastic. It's something I always support and love. But we hadn't really met until... Maybe a couple of couple of months ago, when I reached out to you, because I realized that we were looking for a mentor for for our um, director of technology, and I, after reading some of your some of your blogs and some of your information and thinking about it, realized that you were perfect for it, and you were so kind as to to agree to it. And I know that you know Felipe has really been enjoying talking to you and having that, and and so I just want to start off by saying thank you. I really appreciate the the effort you uh, uh, you put in to help out. Chris, you know, like no worries. I mean, it's uh, it's actually fun um, just connecting with folks, and uh, you know, I know uh, mentors have been a, a big part of my life, and and it's fun. It's just you know, it actually helps me just as much um, to hear what everybody else is going through and the challenges that everybody else has, because you know, at the end of the day, uh, so often we just kind of sit, and especially right now during the pandemic, and it's like, oh man, I must be the only person in the world with these problems, and it's like, well. You know what? No, we've we've all been through a whole lot of the same stuff, and uh, if you can have uh, you know some conversations with folks, uh, it uh, it really helps. So no, glad to glad to chat with Felipe. It's you guys are doing fun stuff, and it's uh, it's fun to help out. Well, I, again, truly appreciate. It. I, I and again, Felipe has just sung praises about this. So so okay. I really appreciate. It. I remember we spoke to to set this up, and then I think it was the next day, maybe the day after, when the big announcement came where Unbounce just closed around yeah. at $52 million. Yeah. And you 
didn't break this didn't break that to me you didn't say anything i would have been jumping around the room first off congratulations about that thank what you is it like to take on such a big round Did yeah so uh man that's so that's a big question so mm-hmm. uh where do i start so okay so it's private equity so uh first of all uh this is really different than taking in a vc round right VC rounds, the the whole mentality in VC is go big or go home. Uh, you know, hopefully, like one out of ten of their bets will pay off, and and you know, away they go. PE rounds, they have to work. Like for their model to work, uh, they've got to be really convinced that the uh, the investment that they're making is going to pay off. And so, um, what that's like is pretty intense because they come through. Uh, they go through your strategy, your competitive landscape, all of the assumptions that you've made um, about you know how you're going to win in the market. They put to the test and bring their own kind of angle on it and everything. So for me, kind of what it's really like is okay. It's a whole lot of work, but it's incredibly validating. It's yeah. uh, you know that somebody comes along, they they put you under the microscope and and go actually. Yeah, we we think you've got a winning formula here. We're ready to back that up. Uh, we wanna we wanna help you guys uh, push this even further, and uh, so it's it's energizing, I guess, is the, the the biggest thing I'd say. Well, that's fantastic. How how long does something like that typically take to close? <laughs> nobody no no uh, uh longer than you'd expect, uh, and especially then during the pandemic, right? I mean, we. Oh man, I think we decided uh, last summer that it was the right time to to approach the market, and um, then COVID hit, and we thought, well, that's it, uh, we're dead in the water. Um, and then uh, we uh, we you know it uh, sounded like okay, no, 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 we're not dead in the water. That at least one uh, one of the folks in the pipeline is still active. And uh, then I would say it took. Uh, I'm trying to. By the time we, it depends how you how you. I mean, we closed in June, right? And we started uh, the process in, you know, fall of previous. So during COVID times, it takes a couple of quarters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it makes sense. I mean, people always, I, I love the, the young, the young guns who come up to me and say, Hey, I want to raise a million dollars. No reason for it. I just want a million dollars. And, um, you know, and then I want it tomorrow. But that never really happens, obviously. I, I'm and, not, I, yeah, I don't hear that. No, well, you know, these. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. These are not the people that raise fifty-two million dollar round. Okay, this no, is no, maybe not. Is, you know, um, well, you know, one thing that really interested me um, about Unbounce. I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, you had six co-founders. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, so we had all worked together previously, and uh, I think that's the thing that made it work is that going into um, the the venture, uh, we all knew each other's strengths and weaknesses and everything, um, and so it was great because for the for quite a bit of our our first uh, uh, history, we got so much uh, done. Uh, you know, there was a lot of sweat equity built up because we had six co-founders. We could just do a lot of work. Uh, whereas with say, you know, one or two co-founders to get through that initial kind of chunk of, of proving whether we had something uh, working, uh, we would have had to uh, raise a lot more money or hire some folks or, or whatever. So we got by in the early days, um, like really, really strongly bootstrapped uh, mm-hmm. on the strength of having, you know, six, six co-founders. So uh, no, it was, it was uh, I mean, hey, we're here today. Uh, so I would say success, right? It can work. <laughs> 
Well, very good, very good. Would you would you say if 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 um, that six would be a normal thing, or is that is that you know a very it's super it's yeah. super out there? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it, you know the the typical. So like solopreneurs are risky, mm -hmm. right? And and it doesn't always pay off. Uh, duos are great when you get the right duo, uh, but six, like statistically speaking, nobody does that. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're kind of off the charts and everything, but, um, like I said, again, it worked. So, you know, it's, That's it's all kind of, it's all about context, right? Completely. And, and you know what? I think one big thing, you guys have a winning idea. I mean, we, we were actually, um, we used Unbounce, um, it was about two weeks ago. It was the first time that I've used Ooh. it. I mean, um, um, with our client work, we don't tend to do much of the marketing side of things and all that, but with our product ideation, um, we've actually been using it to do the A-B testing. And I got to say, the information you get is, you know, is just so great. So so I can see why, you know, parties have, you know, see value in this and why you're just a growing uh, a growing product. Totally, um, yeah. You know, hey, what, 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 one other question, actually, I want to ask, I want to go back to that race, because honestly, it's, 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 it's an amazing thing. Is that a local group or are they in the States or where, where, where are they from? Yeah, they're out of Denver, Colorado, Crest Rock, mm -hmm. um, and so it's a it's a new fund. Uh, I think we were we were their first portfolio company, uh, which was uh, that's also great. Uh, so uh, and I, they've gone on; they've uh, closed a bunch of others uh, since then. So a strong and growing portfolio. But yeah, out of out of Denver. Fantastic. Well, you're the feather in the cap. Okay, forget the other people. You <laughs> you guys are the feather in the cap. We're um, working hard to, to to be that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so one thing that we as a company actually did together um, is you had your pay up for progress campaign yeah. um, recently. And that's something really exciting. It's something that we believed in. So we, we signed up and we were really happy to you know, be aligned with, with, with your organization. Can you tell us a little bit about that campaign? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, we've uh, always been a values-led company and uh, probably, oh boy, time is so weird these days, probably about three years back, we, uh, we refreshed our values and really kind of um, restated our commitment to diversity and, and what that meant to us. And so as part of that kind of ongoing living out of our values, uh, one of the things we um, explored was how are we doing on the gender issue? And we had done a lot of work uh, prior to this to uh, look at our recruitment and look at our advancement and make sure that we were removing bias and uh, and always hiring you know the right person into the right role without uh, some of and sometimes unconscious bias right sometimes we're not aware so so what do we do about that and so this was kind of the natural progression um, once we kind of tackled that to go okay wait are we rewarding everybody fairly are we uh, or do we have uh, some bias in uh, in our own kind of compensation practices and everything and so uh, gender is just kind of the first area to start there's all kinds of other uh, bias and diversity issues to tackle and we're, we're tackling those but with this one we said wow let's let's do a uh, you know, a comprehensive survey of all of the roles we have, how they're being compensated, uh, how we're making those decisions. And then our team, our PNC team went, well, wait a second. I mean, we're going through all this work. We're coming up with uh, this approach and everything. We're pretty sure that other companies have these challenges too. So uh, we believe in this so much. Why don't we just package this up? and share it and see if we can get other folks to, to buy in as well. And I understand that I, I believe you're also uh, uh, having a look at this um, as well. So I'd actually be curious if you had a look at the toolkit and what you thought of it. Um, 
but uh, but anyway, so that was that was really it is to take something that we really cared about and wanted to make a, a difference and then just offer that up and see if it could help other folks. And, you know, and it was fantastically helpful. I mean, what we you know, talked about the toolkit and everything, what was interesting is, you know, D David and I, we, we, we read about this and we're like, oh, that's easy. I mean, this is easy because <laughs> it's such a great idea that we want to get behind. And then Jose, who's, you know, we're, we're kind of the, the cloudy, you know, cloud thinkers. And Jose is like, well, then if we sign that, uh, you have to make sure that we're following those guidelines. Are yeah. we ready to do it? Thank you, and Jose. You know, well, no, thank you, Jose. I, you know, I say that daily. I'm going to tell you this right now. Um, but he was he's bang on. And it actually made us re-examine all our policies instead of saying, hey, yes, we are doing it right. It made us look at, are we really doing it right? Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was, it was you know, a checkbox, which is great for us because, you know, we felt like we are. But because of all the extra work you did in putting together a toolkit and all that, 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 that you know, made us re-examine are we steering the ship in a better way and and so i really you know thank you for for that opportunity for us to even do a little bit of belly button searching you know yeah no worries no i'm just glad to hear that it's getting some traction and having some impact out there that's 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 awesome it's just every little thing you can do right i mean mm -hmm. every little thing you can do to help the world be a better place to help you know things be more positive it all it just all adds up oh i, I could not agree more could not agree more well the CTA uh, conferences, uh, which, you know, was big un unbounces uh, events and, you know, really great events. I know Pauline, our marketing manager, always went to that. Um, what's the state of that right now? Do you yeah. know? Yeah, uh, yes, I do. Uh, I, th I think we've announced this. I mean, so, so here's the problem. Uh, when we launched our first CTA, um, this was uh, six years ago now. Uh, I can't even remember which number we're on. But, um, you know, Steph Greaser came as she was, you know, an unbouncer uh, at the time. And she's like, guys, I really think we should do a conference. And uh, Rick uh, kind of said, well, uh, that sounds great. Make it happen. And, and so that was as much as, as went into it. But we, we really wanted it. When we, when we tackled it, we said, okay, there's tons of conferences out there. There's, you know, and you know what a conference is like, right? You hire an organizer, you get a bunch of people in a room, and boom, bang, we've got a conference. And we said, well, we want to we do it different. We want to level, level it up a little bit. We want it to be memorable. We want it to be impactful. Um, how are we going to make this something that stands out? And so we've always taken that approach to making it like an experience, something that, you know, you come and whether it's how we greet you or how we deliver or how we do the networking sessions or, or any of these things, we want you to come away going, wow, that was like, I, I felt that, right? And, uh, you know, we, we just have not felt a way. I know lots of companies are tackling uh, conferences online. Good for them. We need that. We just didn't feel that we could deliver the CTA experience online. Like we have really struggled. We've looked at it. Uh, we we just don't think we can do it. And uh, so I, I think we're. I, I don't know if our team has made an announcement yet. Uh, so I'll I'll defer that one. Um, uh, but uh, that's that's how we're looking at it. Is is that man? Like we just we we the the brand means so much. Um, we don't want to just do a. a uh, an online version just to do an online version like that's that's not really what it's about you know what I mean no you know what I appreciate it. I've been speaking at quite a few I mean I've been traveling the world by speaking at online conferences <laughs> and you know what it's fun but you're not engaging you know it's it's not the yeah. same thing I think I think you know in order to get value I think you know I would actually say you're doing the right thing 
Um, I mean, I, I actually spent uh, recently, maybe maybe I shared about this uh, on, on a previous show, but one of the last conferences I went to was down in San Francisco. I can't even remember, Redwood City. And I actually didn't even go to any of the speakers, which is kind of a weird thing to do. But I, I actually just sat on a bench and I, because it was two people bench, and I just talked to people all day to learn, hey, what is it you're working on? What are you doing? Yeah. And I love yeah. it. Like, that was great to me. And yeah. that for me is what these shows are like, is to actually engage with people. And I think it's still a little flat digitally to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just you know, not there. It, I dig that. Well, yeah. well, you know what? At CTA 2018, um, you gave a presentation. Okay, that we saw in an interview where uh, you stated that you're just trying to figure out how to utilize AI and chatbots. Okay, or the marketers were just trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that statement now? Do you think it's 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 become a lot more comfortable? Where 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 has it gone with uh, with the chatbots and the AI? Yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's totally taken off, uh, and it and it's not just chatbots. Chatbots is just kind of one sort of um, you know incarnation of the kinds of things that we can do with like natural language processing and and all of the umbrella tech under under AI. Um, but uh, since then, so for Unbounce uh, ourselves, if I can plug us just a little bit, um, <laughs> right? Uh, so we launched uh, our first real uh, kind of AI, uh, and it's I mean this is like light AI. This is like like Ant, but it's still it's still AI. Um, smart traffic feature uh, a while back, and uh, this is so this is interesting. Our our whole hypothesis is that we can take marketers' intuition and the, the smarts of machines and AI and, and bring those together and, and you know, still have all of the creativity and everything, but the performance and the results that you can get out of, out of AI. And so uh, this is kind of, you know, when I look at other marketing use cases, this is where I kind of see the, the, the biggest success. Whether it's uh, you know we've got we've got some copywriting bots that are writing headlines, we've got um, systems and platforms that are combining creative with uh, copy, and they, they mash it up and choose the winning combinations, that kind of stuff. Humans are still providing a lot of the creative input, but it's the machines kind of picking the winners in rapid succession, and uh, that's what we're doing with smart traffic. So you talked earlier about how you're doing prototyping and split testing for products, right? So uh, the uh, I don't know if you've seen kind of what smart traffic can do but um what's what's interesting is that often with a split test your your hypothesis when you come into it is like well i think this idea is the best idea right like i think this you know this new idea i've got i'm going to pitch it against my old idea and i really want it to be better but what we've learned is that we all respond to messaging very, very differently. And sometimes there's not just one right message. So uh, in our particular case, uh, we can now kind of, uh, if you've got an A and a B, uh, we can kind of uh, direct folks to the best one for them. And you don't necessarily end up with an A and B winner. You end up with A working really well for A type people and B really you know, working well for B type people um, all through the magic of AI. And, uh, and so this is what we're seeing is more and more um, AI in marketing and other fields is playing this kind of you know pick the winner kind of role where we where we take some of the emotion out of it and and you know in the right place let the machines kind of uh, make some make some decisions. Well, that's 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 really cool. Um, you know the thing that I've I've really liked with the Unbounce offering is actually we call it pre MVP, which is yeah. actually where you take an idea and you A B test that idea and yeah. then you. Um, how, what percentage 
of business that comes to um, to Unbounce, do you think is doing pre-MVP, like testing assumptions and using yeah. the model for that? Yeah, it's there. I would say it's it's small single digits of a percentage kind of thing. That's not who we target. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we specifically target businesses that have been around for a couple of years and are now, uh, you know, doing paid advertising and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but we do have, uh, and we've always kind of goes back to our entrepreneurial roots, um, have, you know, a lot of folks who are doing that pre-MVP kind of work and, you know, before they spend a bunch of money and uh, and decide on an avenue. Um, but like I said, it's about, it's, I would say, small single digits of a percentage. It's not, it's not huge because that's, that's really not who we're going after. Sure. But I got to say, it's, it's incredibly <laughs> effective because we, in a matter of maybe four weeks of using the service, We've actually got it down now to, okay, we've discovered, you know, from the, the split testing, which one works the best. And now it's to the point of the fine deep at the fine tuning in say social media of testing, where we know now, if you put this much gas on the fire, this much comes back. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's, it blows me away that it could be that scientific. You know, it seems like such a, an art, but there, there really is science to this. So I could see yeah. why AI would be helping you in a huge way. Yeah, and it, it's so uh, great to hear that you've had that insight, that aha moment, because that's that's what we're trying to get out there is that like it's it's so easy for folks to look at this and go, no, 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 no come on. You, you can't take human judgment out of this. I know my audience. I know uh, what works from a copywriting perspective or, or any of these things. And we've just kind of proven over and over again that this is a tough space and it's tough to nail how an audience, a diverse audience is going to respond to your idea or your message and machines are awesome at this stuff. They can really help us be better. So it's, I love, I love hearing that example. That's cool. Well, I, I, I love being a guinea pig in that and, and improving the value of the product. Um, so I love on your website. Okay. When it talks about the, about us, um, it states that you are living off bologna sandwiches and beer diets in the early stages of unbounce. How accurate is that statement? So uh, it's actually pretty accurate, but uh, you know, there's always a little bit of uh, creative freedom, right, with uh, with the copywriter. So it was actually Rick who lived off of uh, bologna sandwiches for, mm -hmm. and that was his thing for the for the first little bit. He's like, I will eat bologna sandwiches for as long as this takes. Uh, Rick does not eat bologna sandwiches anymore. Uh, I can tell you that uh, hasn't for a while. Um, but that was, that was the truth. That was absolutely, uh, for, for, you know, when we were bootstrapping and we had like no revenue, uh, he was like, nope, that's it. I'm just, I'm just bringing things right down to, to nothing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was tight, tight, tight days back then. And, and you know what, I'm going to say that's when you know, you have a successful leadership team because it's about the sacrifice. It's not that individual that I told you about, you know, that you know is not going to win because they're like, give me a million. Like I've honestly been to this multiple times in like these Dragon Dead's events. We're like, give me a million. Why? Oh, I just want to have a million. Sounds great to me too. Uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> Let me line up. But you know, yeah. it's not going to work that way. And I'm, I'm a little surprised sometimes, you know, because I love what the Canadian government does. Um, you know, it sends us to conferences, but some people should probably be, um, just coached on the expectations of, you know, when, when, when the government sends you to, you know, these, these conferences in, in, in the States or whatever, this is the basic understanding of how the game works. You know, I guess you learn a little bit trial by fire. Uh, They'll but, find you know, out really fast. When you, you get the door shut, you know, they don't even, yeah. they, they take your business card and just toss, you know? Um, well, in, in, I'm going to touch another event, uh, Tech Vancouver when you spoke at the Tech Vancouver, and I spoke at that event too. That's a fun one, actually. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of 
you know, it's tech, it's business, it's, you know, it's not super nerdy, it's more on the business side, and you need a lot of marketing and everything. And I, I it, they get a lot of people out to that. Uh, but in the 2016 talk that you gave at Tech Vancouver, you were talking about giving away your Legos. Mm-hmm. Why Legos? In this, I mean, this is years ago, so I'm hoping you remember. Why yeah. Legos? What are they representing? Yeah, so I totally remember that talk, uh, and obviously it was a it was a terrible delivery. Otherwise, it would have been totally clear uh, what I was talking <laughs> about. Uh, tell it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, no, so you know, as as you're building a team, as you're building a company, um, you know, the the only way that you're going to grow that thing uh, is if you is, you divvy things up, right? And so for me, um, I'm I'm a hands-on technologist. I love to actually write code. That's where I came from. I love to build things. I love to run processes. I just, I just love so much of the, the doing of it. Um, but you can't do everything. And when you're growing a team, you got to give up some of those Legos, those, those things that you do. And, and this, I think this is one of the, the hardest things as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, if, if you are in it because you love the doing of it. That's not everybody, but some of us, that's what we're in it for. We love the doing. And uh, it's the hardest thing then to take something that you love doing and go, you know what? I, I, want, I want you to love doing this thing. You could, and not only that, I see that you're, you're better at this than I can possibly be. Why don't you take this and, and run with it and do your own thing with it? Because that's, that's the only way this works. Like I used, to, I used to think, oh, man, how am I going to get somebody else to love my idea as much as as I will. And it's like, you can't, I mean, you know, it's like getting somebody else to love your kid as much as you It's like, it's really hard, right? Maybe you will find somebody who's like that virtuous, but it's like unlikely people love their ideas and the things that they own. And, and so you've got to give them the space um, to, to kind of take those Legos and make their own things with it. Right. So it's, it's really that it's about giving up, really giving up some of the things that you love doing uh, you know, for me, whether that's like software architecture or, or, you know, some of those design things, like you can't, you can't architect everything. You can't do it all. Um, you've got to let some other folks step up and shine. And then the rewarding thing is that, like I said earlier, uh, often if you do your job well, uh, you'll find folks who do a much better job of it than than you will. And you just have to make peace with that. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's there you go. That's what that was about. Okay. Well, I, you know what? I understand the Lego thing because I, 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 the same thing. I mean, when you start the company, you know, six people, uh, you, you have very, uh, maybe a little bit of a loop over roles or a little bit, but you know, you understand what you need to do. But when you start growing, I mean, what's, what's on bounces numbers right now, roughly? Oh, we're over, I think we just crossed 200. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're 200, yeah. you, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Oh, and you, yeah. have to, you have to, you know, trust that their decisions are going to be good. And this totally. is something that, you know, th- th- one of the best things I ever did at, at, at TTT was when David and I decided, hey, you know what? We've been, you know, president, my brother's been running. I mean, we have titles, but at the end of the day, it was pretty flat. Was bringing Jose in and say, look, we know this guy's great. I mean, Jose, again, who's our CEO, he was our first um, MBA intern. Like when wow. people find out that he went from intern to CEO, you know, they're a little surprised. But when you start knowing and trusting and loving these people that you're just like, David, you can do it 10 times yeah. better than me. Why don't I yeah. focus on what I'm good at? You know, apparently podcasts, uh, the ju- yeah. judges out there. But, you know, I get to focus on these things. And it's, you know, hey, not only am I going to let you play with my Lego, I'm going to let you have the whole box set because you're going to do better exactly. at it. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in a previous bio that I read about you, it stated 
and it didn't in this one, that you started working as an engineer or as a programmer at age 17. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember what you were doing and what framework or code you were doing? Because I'm assuming you're roughly my age. So <laughs> the technology is a little bit weaker, you know, a couple of years ago. We'll say just a couple of years ago. What were you doing when you yeah, were 17? Uh I totally remember. So uh, this was, I would have been in grade 11, and uh, my friend's dad was starting a company selling water-saving uh, faucets and stuff, right? So uh, this is back in Alberta. And uh, what he needed was a way of estimating, you know, if he walked into a building and everything, how much money am I going to save you, right? And so for a 17-year-old, I was like, ooh, hey, this sounds like a fun problem. And uh, because a lot of folks would just like, look, you can smack a spreadsheet and away you go, right? But he wanted to do a little bit more. He wanted, you know, a nice presentation and, and you know, make it easy for sales guys to kind of come in. So um, I took a look at it and I've always been, uh, even back in the day, uh, I've always been intrigued by no code and low code sorts of approaches, right? I, I love the hardcore uh, programming languages, don't get me wrong, but it's also fun to see, hey, what can you do with some of these uh, other tools? And so um, back then there was on the Mac, there was HyperCard. Uh, there was no, <laughs> right? You, you could have said it. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but back then, nobody used the Mac for business. So, uh, so the closest thing that I could find, uh, do you remember Borland? Borland used yep. to be a thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, they, or anyway, Holland, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did that too. Uh, they had a product that uh, was called Object Vision, and mm -hmm. nobody is. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, nobody's <laughs> ever heard of this. No. <laughs> but it was the closest thing I could find to HyperCard. So I built uh, this uh, this uh, system to. Um, I just don't. I don't remember how much I got paid for this, but I remember I got paid. Um, but uh, it was just to estimate. Hey, if you walk into a building, look here's. Let's kind of do some estimation and stuff, and give you a bill of materials and blah blah blah, blah and uh, and do it all in a kind of a drag and drop kind of way back in the day. So that was that was that first system um, that I built uh, that that got me into this path, so. Well, but that's what I was gonna ask you. Was that that aha moment when you realized, you know, great pay, no pay, I solved some <laughs> problems. This is what I wanna do. This is my calling. Was that when you realized that? I, no, because I still don't know what my calling is. Uh, <laughs> no, I went, no, I went on, uh, I actually uh, went to jazz college first. Uh, really? and yeah. And, uh, yeah, so met my wife there and everything, but, uh, no, I studied jazz for a year. Uh, I was going to be a recording engineer. And, uh, then I decided, wait a minute, my, I, my loose aha moment was it's really hard to make money at that. Um, and so why don't I do software and I'll keep music as my side hobby. And that, that kind of worked out, except it's, uh, it's really hard when you got a software uh, career to have enough time for your side hobbies. So, uh, you know, it mostly worked out. I got a little bit of time to uh, that way, yeah, um, there. you know, pick up that thing. But uh, yeah. But you know what you just did again is this is what I'm discovering constantly. And I, I'm kind of hoping engineers are love or music lovers like yes. that. It seems like the brain that solves the engineering problems. Also, you know, the freestyle of the music. And, and I yeah. love that to, to discover that more and more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, what was. What, yep. Sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, there's a really great book. Uh, I don't know if you've read it. It's by Doug Hofstetter um, called Goidel Escher Bach. And it's all about how minds and music and logic kind of uh, come together. 
and uh, it's it kind of foundational uh, if you're if you're thinking about how yeah this pattern recognition and what we do in engineering and music all fits together. Uh, have a read through going to Lesherbach. It's uh, oh. it's a ton of fun. That sounds good. You know, it's it's kind of funny because I remember I did I, I did saxophone in grade three. Okay, this is you know my grade three, and I, there was a guy named Adam in my my high school who actually sold his business to Unity just recently. He's he's a very oh, wow. good guy, but yeah. it was quite funny because I he was he was good. Like I'll give him I'll give him props. I just faked it the entire Christmas episode. Like I don't think I learned one thing, and then I quit like the next day because I realized that I am not even blowing in this thing. So I guess I was never made to be a musician, but that's that's okay. You know, that's I had okay. the desire. I mean, I'm sure you were probably rhythmic. You know, like moving moving in time. Like that's a thing, man. Yeah, I wish. I wish. You know, my grandmother was incredibly incredibly talented musician. She wanted me to do it, and I just I just couldn't do it, Grandma. I apologize. You know, I uh, well, you gave it the old college try. That's, you know, that's important. <laughs> yeah, the, the really poor college try there where I didn't actually do it. But, uh, well, you know what? Here, let's talk about this, this college thing then. Because you were part of the Association of Collegiate Entrepreneurs back at SFU. Why did you join that group? And what did you expect to get out of it? Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I joined that group uh, just because I think I was kind of uh, like an aspiring, you know, kind of curious entrepreneur. I think some folks just have that natural, uh, you know, ability to, to jump in and go, I'm just going to start a business. Uh, I was always like, oh, I really want to start a business, but I feel like I need to learn more. And so I, I got into that strictly because I wanted to just you know, chat with other folks and like, well, how are you thinking about this? And how are you getting into it? And and how do you start? How do you start something? Um, and for me, what I got out of it, we, we ran a whole bunch of different events and everything, uh, you know, made a bunch of great connections. But I think that the biggest thing was just learning that, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, and that applies to everything, just just reaching out and, and you know, whether that's sales or, or marketing or business partnerships or, you know, uh, authoring deals, anything, just ask, like just showing up and, and asking is is 90 percent of it. And, uh, you know, we did um, like one of the things that's most memorable. We did something called a dream auction and uh, we had uh, I think our, our mentor at the time was Brian Scudamore. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, from and, UBC, uh, not SFU, may uh, I say, but you know, didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I think he convinced us that that we could do this thing. And uh, we're like, oh, that's, this sounds crazy because he was like, look, just get folks to like donate stuff and package it up and auction it off as like you know these cool packages. And we're like, that that won't work. And you know, sure enough, we all just made these lists of folks that we would reach out to, and we got folks donating like tour buses and uh, hotel stays and dinners and and everything. Uh, you know, because there was a charity angle to it, and then we also just wanted to raise money for the group. We were we were totally clear about it, and I was just amazed just just asking, just uh, you know, hey, we're doing this thing. Are you interested in helping out? And and the response was just like that, and uh, totally successful. And we even got uh, we got a professional auctioneer to come in and help us auction off these packages. Uh, just everything. I think that was that was the the thing is like, look, just you know, don't get past your fear of rejection. And and get out there and ask, and uh, that's it's been useful useful lesson to this day. I, I do a lot of I'm, I'm sure you guys do too, but I, I do a lot you know post COVID or pre COVID whatever um, events at UBC, and I get a lot of students, and I love the students, and when they come up to me and it's you know 
what should I do? What should I take? If I want to be a business person, what should I, you know, what classes should I take and what courses should I take? And, and I'm always like, you know what? First thing, join a club. And I don't mean the business club. I mean something that you're interested in because yeah. the clubs at universities are the place where you're going to find not just friends, but like-minded people that, you know, want to, want to challenge you. And I'll tell yeah. you, I, I actually dropped out of grad school to do my first startup because of ski club at UBC. And I've never nice. looked back. So yeah. again, these things, these groupings that you can make or these friendships that you make, um, it, it can change your life. And so I highly recommend while you're at university, it's only for a couple of years. Don't just, you know, do, you know, your, 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 oh, yeah. your studies, no. go and have fun. That's half the value of it. Like at least half the value is, is yes, having fun, meeting people. Um, that's, that's totally it. So you've been involved in the web space for over a decade now okay <laughs> we're talking hypercard might be a little Wait. more than a decade uh, um, yeah yeah i think so what what maybe we're, well with with unbounce it's been a decade what's the big change in technology that you've seen since the starting of unbounce to now that that either makes it easier or or what, what what's the improvement you've seen in technology Oh man, um, that's you know I saw you. So thanks for sharing the questions ahead of time because I've been pondering this one, uh, and and I, I'm going to answer this one indirectly a little bit. I mean, what we've seen uh, in these last ten years, and I would I would go back. I mean, I, uh, the first time I played with a web browser was like '96, '97, uh, and you could see the potential, right? You could see that. Wait a minute, hold on. Uh, you know, the, the decade before that, we could automate a bunch of stuff, but it was all in a box on your desk, and that was it. And then this came along and we could connect everything. We could connect people. And we're, what we've seen is technologies come along, whether that's VR or you know, what we're doing here, um, you know, we, uh, all of these things um, have been better or worse in some cases, you know, uh, connecting us. And uh, so for me, um, I see this trend. Uh, I think we've got a long, long, long ways to go. Uh, I see, you know, so much opportunity uh, in like the, the applications and the platforms that we use. Like, uh, you know, we're just starting to, to see that uh, we can truly, truly collaborate. Like we're, we're, we're still in the stone ages, I think, of collaboration. We're still struggling to get past like email and Slack and, and all these other things, right? We're, we're like, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've got an accounting package. I'm sure you've got a CRM package. I'm sure you've got, you know, web analytics that you're using. And what I want to know whenever I'm using these things is what are other companies like me doing? What are their, how much are they spending? You know, if I'm, if I'm in my balance sheet or my income statement, I'm like, how much are they spending on product development? How much are they spending on training and development? Uh, and is that having an impact? And how are they benchmarking? And so I, I just, there is a huge opportunity still to just connect everything. It's, it, we're, we're, we're nowhere close on, on any of that stuff. And we're seeing, you know, kind of in social media, um, we've, we threw out this incredible tool set to the world and said, okay, collaborate everybody. And we're seeing that without, you know, some moderation and some curation that we get these echo chambers and bubbles and it's not healthy. And, you know, we're seeing Twitter starting to do some cool things, uh, trying to moderate that a little bit. That's awesome. Um, but man, we've got, we've got so, so much work to do 
to really kind of connect everybody. And I see that as the big trend is is really helping. And it's it's a it's a cool thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, if we can actually it's it's more than just having the, the channels, it's more than just having the wires to bring everybody together. Now we've actually got to increase understanding and empathy and and you know reasoned debate and uh and those are hard things to do um but i think that's the promise of kind of the web and technology and i still believe in it i you know when we when the web was launched i think that was a lot of the vision um and uh i I still think that's kind of a direction for it so uh that's that's what there you go that's how i'm going to answer that one i love that i mean you know what data's got to get smart enough to know what the other data is and then they can start you know actuating itself like you know data drives data i guess it's it's the world of the apis and it's kind of funny because you're talking about you know back in 96 with the browser i mean i was the same way back in you know back in my day and i was just downloading simpsons you know memes i guess they're not even called memes back then but you know like simpson stuff that was what i was doing um yeah. but i remember one class i had in 99 and this is probably an awful story and pauline's probably gonna hate me for telling this story but my prof at the time showed me a webcam and it was the first time i'd ever seen a webcam and in front of the whole class, 100 people at UBC Lecture Hall, he searched for someone that also had a webcam so we could do this. And it was one of these aha technical moments of, you know, found someone from Microsoft Seattle. And the person said, sure, I'd love to do it. And we, the camera turned on. And I remember the whole class going, holy cow, they're, they're talking. And next thing you know, he drops his pants. And it's just like, oh, so <laughs> that's the future of this technology. Uh. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? And it's like, oh gosh, okay, and the prof, you know, is quickly trying to turn off the computer, but uh, that sometimes is the sadness of what the future of our technology will, will, hey, will you know, know, show us along the path. I, I guess human nature is human nature. Better <laughs> uh, or worse? It was, it was, well, yeah. I, 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 yeah I, I, what I do, what do you say? Where do we go from that? Well, well, first off, again, I just want to thank you for, you know, everything you do in the community. I I want to thank you personally for, you know, for for being a little bit of a a godfather to our, you know, our our side of the engineering, you know, showing some leadership. And I I really appreciate that. Um, I also want to congratulate you for the for the the amazing journey you created for 200 plus people. I mean, it's 200 people now, but we know during the journey, that's a lot of other people that, you know, come in and out of your life. And you created something, you know, for not only our community, but for them. That, that really connects them. And I, and I just want to thank you. And, you know, and to have that validated with such a huge round, that's, that's you know, it's a, yeah, I'm not supposed to clap because that's, you know, for the thinking, but but I do want to give you an applause because it's, it's one Thanks, of those with you and Rick and the, the whole team, you know? So I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you from someone being from Vancouver that such a big, a great idea can turn into a great company. And I just, I'm looking forward to the continuation of, of you guys making it a, a 2000 person company. Well, uh, so are we, uh, and and thanks for that. I mean, it's just uh, you know when you start something and you're not sure if it's even going to work, uh, it's it's nice to get to this place where you are actually having an impact on people's lives. So, not thanks. That means a lot. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners! If you got this far, I assume you like this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcasts and subscribe on Apple. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast focusing on the business of technology in Canada. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we'd love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is 
podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at T-T-T, that's three T's, dot studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us on social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.